Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. Uh, back here on Friday with some thoughts on uh, a couple of things in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, WWE has uh, its big Extreme Rules pay-per-view coming up this weekend. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about the match that everyone has been talking about. And that is Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson from uh, AEW Dynamite's Grand Slam event at Arthur Ashe Stadium on Wednesday. And what a scene it was, really. Uh, certainly, we're going to talk about the match, but just the atmosphere, everything uh, was pretty much what we thought it would be. Uh, a pretty unique uh, deal there in terms of how many people are in attendance. You know, you've got 20,000 people there and just uh, an incredible atmosphere. And I think for them to start, start the show the way they did was pretty incredible uh, to really look at you know, how everything came together for this entire show, the buildup all that, and, uh, but to have you know the match go on first where you've got the crowd really at its highest uh, coming in, ready for this big match, and then you deliver it to them right off the bat. I thought it was a great idea, and as we know, it made a lot more sense than putting it at the end because uh, if you're going to do the finish the way you're going to do it with the time limit draw, had you put it at the end of the show, and I know other people have already talked about this, but had you put that at the end of the show, then you're risking, all right, you're the entire night, you're on edge, probably, if you're Tony Khan and everyone else, you're thinking, all right, we've got to speed up this, we've got to speed up this, we've got to make sure we leave time for everything that we have to get to. If we're going to do this, you know, 30-minute draw and all of that, uh, we've got to be able to leave ourselves time. So realistically, you know, you probably would have almost taken 45 minutes, I would think, out of the last hour of the show. Uh, to, and, and again, to plan to that level, to that minute, um, we've seen AEW have timing issues before, uh, and so obviously it just made a whole lot more sense to lead the show off with that, um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was it was exactly what you thought it would be from a match standpoint. I mean, I don't know what more you could really ask for outside of an actual finish, uh, which I think the draw makes sense in this scenario because... Like I mentioned this on Twitter, you know, yes, there you had the initial boos and stuff from the crowd, but I don't think that was sort of the, um, you know, with the intent of boo, we're so unhappy with you for doing this. It was boo, you know, we want this to keep going. We want there to be a winner. I think there's a big difference with that. And now I think that the reason it just makes a lot of sense to do the draw is, look, people want to see the rematch. After watching that, if you don't want to see the rematch, then um, I'm not sure what to tell you because uh, that was pretty much as good as it gets from a wrestling standpoint, um, just, you know, for a, for a television match, for a pay-per-view match, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can put that anywhere, and uh, that's going to hold up. Just how these two went at it, and, you know, Brian Danielson had sort of alluded to this in some of the interviews he did leading up to this match was, I think people may be, you know, surprised by just how aggressive, maybe how hard he goes, um, you know, the violence aspect, and and that's what he gave you here. Like, he was... Uh, th there were no signs of this being someone that was going to slow down here in AEW and just come over and, you know, have some good matches and, and just kind of finish his career off that way. Like, this guy is still going at the level that he's always wanted to go at. And for, for better or worse, uh, we know there have been injury histories and all of that there, but he is he's not letting up. And I think it was pretty clear in terms of how this match played out. And, and like we've talked about before, I mean, this was never really a doubt in terms of what this match was going to do uh, from just an actual you know, professional wrestling standpoint. You knew this was going to be something that was going to deliver, and you'd be very disappointed if not. I'm really glad that you know, they didn't sort of, 
I guess take the the direction of doing the interference and all this other stuff. They saved all that for after the match. You just wanted to see these two have a wrestling match, and that's exactly what they gave you. Um, and I, I thought again, it, it's hard to say that it could have been much better unless you would have just had a dedicated finish uh, with a clear winner and a clear loser. But I just don't think you were ever going to get that here, uh, knowing that the rematch is something that people will pay for, and I think mean, it's very important. Is you know, not just do people want to see the rematch. There's a lot of people out there now that would be like, sure, I'll give you my, you know, 50 bucks to to pay to watch this in the main event of whether, you know, whether that's full gear, whether that's somewhere else down the line. Um, you know, I just think that it's it's a very smart move the way they did it. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be the right move if they just had Danielson beat Omega right off the bat. It would have felt a lot similar seemingly to the situation with Christian where, you know, Christian beats Omega and then they have the next match, which, again, not that the next one was a bad match. I thought both matches were really good uh, that those two had. But uh, I think you wanted it to sort of leave that possibility open to where it's, okay, you know, the draw just, it made more sense than anything. You weren't going to beat Omega, I don't think, in this scenario. You weren't going to beat Danielson in his first match. Uh, so I get it. You know, sometimes we we criticize certain things, <laughs> you know, whether it's, uh, you know, AWWE, whoever where we say, all right, well, just don't book the match if you don't, you know, have sort of that that way out of the situation. And, you know, WWE on Monday, we talked about it, like they gave you a finish with a triple threat match with Reigns and Big E and Lashley, and they actual, actually gave you a winner and a loser, but it's just, you're comparing apples and oranges here in terms of uh, just the differences between these two matches, I think, with where things stood uh, for, for the parties involved. And, and it just, you know, the wrestling is what you wanted to see here from Omega and Danielson. You just wanted to experience this match. And now I think it's set up for them to, you know, perhaps have just as good of a match or even better, uh, if they do decide to go with this on pay-per-view eventually, which, I mean, I, I think that's, that's the obvious direction. Uh, it's just a matter, I think, of when that's going to happen probably is the biggest question at this point. Um, you know, and really, I mean, again, does that happen at full gear? Is that the next step or does Hangman come back? There's just a lot of different things, I think, and directions they can go in with this, but the match was excellent. Uh, I know I've seen a lot of people, you know, talking about, you know, where does this rank in terms of, uh, dynamite matches and all that? I mean, it's just, I don't know how you don't put it right there, either at the top or very close. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh, there have been a lot of matches. We've watched a lot of wrestling <laughs> since Dynamite has uh, started, you know, a couple years ago now. But um, it's, uh, you just think about it, it is. It's, it was a special match. It was a special atmosphere and uh, just ter- tremendous work by two of the best in the world. No doubt about that. If you look at Cage Match, which we always refer to, uh, just in 2021, if we look at it that way, it is currently, I think it is fourth uh, in terms of just the ratings on Cage Match. Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he gave it five stars. And I've seen a lot of people give it that, um, you know, depending on if you use the, the rating system, the star ratings and all that, that's kind of your, um, you know, your baseline for, for everything. But, uh, of course, uh, Ilya Dragunov and Walter is still at the very top uh, on cage match in terms of matches this year. Uh, really just the past two years, actually, these two have the top two matches uh, on cage match. They're one last year and then now they're one this year. Um, and then... Now you have the match uh, in stardom between Siri and Yutami. Uh, that is the second in terms of just 2021 matches this year. Uh, then behind that, uh, very close behind that, is uh, the tag team match at All Out with uh, the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. And then that's where Omega and Danielson comes in at fourth. 
just in the 2021 matches, uh, cage match. So again, take that for what it's worth. Everyone has a different opinion uh, on what you prefer in wrestling and what uh, you will rate higher than other matches. But there's no doubt it's one of the best matches we've seen this year. And uh, again, that gives you the uh, the motivation to want to see it again. And I have no doubt that when they do have this match again, uh, that's where you, you kind of look at it and say, all right, what are the stakes going to be? Um, what what could they possibly do on a pay per view that you know does have a little less restrictions than a an actual television format? I mean, these guys as we these guys could go sixty minutes. Like we we don't know, uh, but we know that there there's a lot more flexibility with what you could do with this match on a pay-per-view versus just a television show. But my goodness, they still found a way to make it work on TV. And um, yeah, it was it was one that was just really, really good stuff. And um, now, like we said, I think the biggest question is, where do things go from here? I mean, clearly, you know, the, the post-match stuff, you had, you know, the super click and all this get involved. And um, you've got, you know, the young, or you've got uh, Jungle Boy and Christian, they're coming out to help uh, Danielson. And so I think there's there's an interesting direction here. And, and and maybe that is like maybe that is the the obvious next step is to have this match again at full gear. Uh, we always you know been talking about it for a month now, but it's the whole hangman page thing. That's still, you know, the question, I think, of when he returns uh, and all of that. And, you know, when do they have that match? I think that's a that's still the, the the thing that's hanging out there because I don't think there's any doubt that once he does return, he's going to be the person that steps right into having a chance to, you know, perhaps win the title. And uh, it's just how do they want to go about that? But they have no shortage of options here, especially after that that match and the way they did it. Um, so, you know, Danielson has the claim that, you know, he, he almost beat Omega. If he would have had five more minutes, he would have beat him. Or if he had, you know, one more minute, not even that long. Uh, he could have beat him. You know, he could have locked him, made him submit all this for Omega. You know, his claim is that he gave Danielson a chance and he didn't beat him even for the time limit. So uh, they're they're going to do this again. I think it's just when are they going to do it and uh, how what are the stakes involved? I think there's no doubt that they're they're going to have a chance to to make this pretty special uh, when they do do it again. But they also did, you know, sort of stick to the the ranking system and all that. Like you didn't have Danielson come in right away and challenge for the title because that would not have played into the ranking system. Um, and so he was a, a newcomer. He's not ranked at the top of the rankings. So uh, that was at least something they stuck to. I give him credit for that, because I think navigating the ranking system is not always easy to do. I think sometimes it's a hindrance more than it helps, uh, but it's in place for a reason. And I will give them credit. They at least try to you know, navigate around it the best they can. Um, even in some situations, you know, like this, where there's no doubt if Danielson walks into the, the building, people are like, all right, we want to see him challenge for the title. We don't, who cares about the rating system and all this other stuff? Uh, but it, it is what it is. So uh, in any way, slice it, this was uh, just fantastic work from, again, two of the best in the world. And uh, there is no doubt that uh, we will be seeing this match again in AEW at some point in the near future. I think it's just a matter of uh, when do they do the match? You know, what what is all is involved? And uh, if you put this on pay-per-view after what people just got for free uh, as the the appetizer, I guess, if that's the appetizer, uh, and you put the main course on pay-per-view, uh, going to be a lot of people running uh, ready to uh, to sign up for that one because uh, it should be uh, just as good, or like I said, even better, uh, perhaps with the less restrictions involved with pay-per-view. But uh, before we get into looking at uh, Extreme Rules and what we could expect from that pay-per-view in WWE, let's talk to you about our friends over at Manscaped because 
Support for 411 Wrestling is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They are the champions of the world. And Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They just launched this fourth-generation trimmer we keep talking about, the Lawnmower 4.0. The 4.0, folks. Not 3.0, not 2.0, not 1.0. The 4.0. And uh, you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped just with this exclusive offer we have just for you. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. I keep talking to you about it. Uh, one of the first people who's had a chance to try this lawnmower 4.0, just blown away by the performance, uh, the craftsmanship, the details. This thing has it all. It's all on the next level. Um, so if you want to be more confident, you're worried about these accidents, these grooming accidents, all this other stuff, you don't have to worry about that with the lawnmower 4.0. The details, the craftsmanship, the way they built this thing is just incredible. And, uh, you know, it's got all this different stuff. The cutting edge ceramic blade reduces those grooming accidents. Uh, the advanced skin safe technology, you can have that confidence, like we said. Uh, not uh, not a lot of room for error when we're talking about shaving below the waist, but you've got that here with the Lawnmower 4.0. And it's got the uh, travel lock, so people who like to travel, great for those people as well. Uh, the LED spotlight, we keep talking about the 4000K LED spotlight, more precise shave. You can get it if you want it. Uh, and it's got the wireless charging, uh, helps the battery length last longer so you can take your time because Manscaped does have you covered. And as we always talk about, if you're still shaving your face and body with the same trimmer, you're doing it all wrong. Boost your confidence with this new body trimmer from Manscaped and uh, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. Use the best tools for the job and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code 411wrestling. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. And let's talk about Extreme Rules uh, because that will take place on Sunday uh, and uh, it will go down at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. The main event is set. It will be Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship in an Extreme Rules match against Finn Balor, but not just Finn Balor, the Demon Finn Balor. And obviously this is the match that really, you know, this entire show is built around knowing that, you know, Roman is is the man. Um, he is the head of the table, as we know. And I think the the issue you have here is kind of what we talked about probably for months now is you've pretty much built it to the point. And, and this, I mean, I, I understand, like, it, it's hard to kind of dissect this because on the one hand, you want to build as big of a star as you can, right? Like, Roman Reigns is the as big as he's ever been at this point. And the reason why is that he just continues to win. He continues to find ways to defeat his opponents. But at a certain point, what we've said is that believability that certain people are going to beat Roman Reigns, that goes out the window. And I think here, WWE is kind of in that position where it's like, well, you bring back the demon to kind of add perhaps that element of possibility that Finn Balor could be the one to beat Roman Reigns. Um, because if I think if you just did this as Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, there's just not, and this is not a knock on Finn Balor, it's just, you know, we've, we've seen the setup before and we've seen this so many times since this, title reign started for Roman Reigns a year ago that, you know, it's just kind of at this point, you're thinking, all right, they've got to find ways 
to actually make me think there is a slight, even the slightest chance that Roman Reigns could lose the Universal Championship. And I think that's where we're at now. Is And, and look, by the way, too, it doesn't help that they've already announced the match between Reigns and Lesnar uh, for Saudi Arabia. Uh, why? I mean, I, I know why they did it. I get why they did it from a business standpoint. You want to have that advertised as, as far out as you can. But to do that as close to this Extreme Rules pay-per-view and this match with Finn Balor, I mean, it's it's basically saying, hey, <laughs> you know, they they may try to push it as though, you know, okay, well, it could be Finn versus Brock in Saudi Arabia. I think for most people, understand that that's not going to happen. It's going to be Reigns versus uh, Lesnar. And so that does take part of that away here. Uh, I think the best you can do at this point is just to do what they've done in some of the other matches, you know, just get some of those near, near falls, uh, have Roman Reigns taking from the Kurt Angle school of near falls and just kicking out at 2.99, uh, you know, just to really hook you and make you think that this could actually happen. And and that's where, you know, for the most part, they've done a good job of that. I mean, you know, Reigns' matches have been really good. And, you know, not all have been what you would, you know, compare to a, a Danielson and Omega like we talked about earlier, but they've been good matches. And I think that's, you know, again, with this Reign, that's that's as good as you can ask for. It's just to uh, somehow hook people in with the story and make them think, you know, not even just the the win-loss portion of this, but just give people a story that they can sort of buy into and get invested in here. And, you know, I've also heard the claim that, you know, people talk about, well, you're bringing back the demon here just to have the demon lose. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's something certainly that can be discussed, uh, that, you know, otherwise just do it with Reigns versus Balor if you know the results are already in doubt and you don't want to beat the demon. But, I assume that there's just a lot of, and this is where I think the extreme rules stipulation comes into play here, where there's a lot of things you can do here, probably to still protect the demon aspect of Finn Balor's character and all that, uh, just because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of possibilities with the extreme rules portion. Like you can bring out weapons, you can do a lot of different things. Um, So I think it'd be interesting to see how they proceed with this one. Uh, because knowing, I think it would shock everyone if Balor does win the championship here. I just don't see it happening. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's it's still going to be, I mean, you've got two very talented, you know, performers here in this match. So that's, like I mentioned, I think you at least know you're going to get something good out of this. Uh, but the result itself, as has been the case with, you know, a lot of these matches that have involved Reigns, not every one of them, but most, I think, of the matches, you start to see the direction they're headed in here. Uh, and the most likely is you have the Reigns-Lesnar match in Saudi Arabia. I just, we'll talk more about that one as we get closer, but I don't imagine you're going to see a switch there either. Um, I think we all know where this is leading to, whether, you know, The Rock comes back at Survivor Series, whether The Rock comes back at some point in the near future. Do we get the Reigns versus Rock match? Is it some other sort of combination involving those two? I just think that's the ultimate destination here, and I don't, Again, I don't know that that means that Rock's going to beat Reigns because I don't think that's the right call either. Uh, then I think it, we're back to the square one in terms of who is going to be the person to beat Roman Reigns. That is still yet to be determined. And, and I can tell you right now, I don't think that I have a good answer to that question. Uh, we, we thought it might be Big E, and maybe it still is Big E. You know, Maybe they just go all the way here with Big E, and Big E's the first. Maybe they do the one-on-one at Survivor Series because they would be the two champions if that's who it is leading into the show. And you do Big E versus uh, Reigns, and maybe that's Reigns losing his first match. Maybe it's not for the title. Maybe I don't know what they do, but 
Um, that is, that is, I think, still the big question of who is going to be the person that finally dethrones Roman Reigns. But said it for a while now. I don't, I just don't think that's going to be anytime soon. Uh, but could be wrong. We'll see. And I don't think it's going to be here at Extreme Rules uh, with Finn Balor. So uh, other matches on the card, I think, you know, really, realistically, as of right now, and I'm recording this on Friday morning, so there could be more stuff added. As we know, sometimes that's the way it works. But Bianca Belair will challenge Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And really, I mean, I think the two biggest sells on this show are are SmackDown-oriented. Because as of right now, you know, there is no match with Big E. And... I don't necessarily know that you would anticipate that being the case at this point, uh, that they're going to have him on this card. So if you look at this, I mean, this is, we all go back to SummerSlam, right? Like we talked about this on the podcast. We had a lot of thoughts on this and I, I admitted, you know, I just did not think this was necessarily going to be the right decision, the way they went about it at SummerSlam. Since that point, I think they've done some good things. I don't know that I am still of the opinion that it was the right move to do it the way they did it at SummerSlam because Becky has has made it work, I think, to an extent um, because she's just, she's very charismatic and she she's doing things well and she's, you know, trying different stuff because she is trying to sort of play up that heel side and all of that. Um, I still don't know that I'm just fully into it uh, and, and maybe I'm in the minority on that, I'm not sure, but I look at this match and I'm thinking, okay, what is the outcome here? Because I, I just don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see Bianca Belair winning this match. And if she doesn't, then it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the next step then? Because if Bianca Belair doesn't win this match, um, you know, it's just, where do you go from here? And I think that's the thing that, that I look at with this and wonder, okay, if this is kind of where things stand, and you came out of the match at SummerSlam thinking that the final point of all this after Becky squashes Bianca is that Bianca's going to get her comeuppance. Is that where this happens? Um, I just, I don't think so. And so I, I wonder, you know, at what point does it all sort of make sense the way they did it at SummerSlam? Because right now I don't necessarily see that. Yes, like the crowd has been beyond, excuse me, behind Bianca. We've seen that, and of course, we also saw it in Knoxville when they go to her hometown, and, you know, certainly she's the biggest, she feels like the big, you know, babyface star, and that's good, but there is still, I think, a, a, I don't want to, I don't even know what the number would be, but there is still a pretty good portion of the audience, I think, that wants to cheer Becky Lynch, and I think now you look at this match at Extreme Rules, and again, I could be wrong here, but I just don't. I don't see Bianca Belair winning this. And if she doesn't, what is the sort of dynamic here? Do we get one where it's just, okay, maybe Becky cheats to win. And then that ad, that Matt's supposed to make you feel even more, you know, upset about kind of where things are at. I think there's just a lot of different things like that, that you look at and wonder, you know, what's, what's the next big step in the story? This is it. Like this match at Extreme Rules. And I think it's going to be interesting, you know, to kind of see, what happens, uh, and I just, you know, you've seen Becky refusing these, um, you know, chances and all this, but now, you know, you finally get the match, and I'm I'm curious, but I will say I'm at least invested in the fact that I'm curious to see what they do here, because I think there's a a way to do it, probably to to really, you know, make this feel better than it did at SummerSlam, 
uh, for a lot of people, but I don't know exactly what that's going to look like from a WWE standpoint and, and what they decide to do here because I think it's a pretty important match for all parties involved because you know if you have Bianca win here, which I get, like again, I, I mean that would that would be big for Bianca and give her a you know kind of that revenge that she would want from just how things unfolded at SummerSlam. But now it's sort of okay if she loses here. Then what? You know, she will have lost twice to Becky. And then what do you do? Do you have the third match? And then finally she wins? I just, I think it's how they do it here. That's probably the biggest question is, is how do they go about this more than necessarily perhaps the finish? Because uh, they pull up the betting odds. Uh, I think Becky is the, the odds on favorite here to win this. But uh, I'm, I'm interested. I will say that. And maybe that's, that's all you need is to have people interested and curious how they're going to pull this off. Uh, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I still think Becky wins here, but I, I am curious to see how they actually go about this and can they can they protect all parties involved and have everyone come out of this looking better than they did going in because I don't think they did that at SummerSlam. And so uh, I think that's the, that's the big challenge here uh, with this match. And then we'll quickly kind of run through the rest of the car because I don't know that there's, again, a lot to really sink your teeth into on a lot of this other stuff. Charlotte and Alexa is probably the biggest one outside of this, um, you know, when you think about it. And, you know, this is something where I think we're going we're gonna to put a theory to the test here uh, with the, the WWE uh, theory and everything. Uh, you have a Columbus, Ohio native and Alexa Bliss, who is going to be performing in her hometown, challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. Do they do the WWE trend of having people lose in their hometown? I don't know. That is the, that's going to be interesting here. Um, or, you know, do we have a new champion? Or does Alexa beat Charlotte? I thought the promo segment, I talked about it uh, on the podcast earlier in the week. I thought the promo segment they had between these two was really good. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I know we saw the, the reports and the rumors out there about 1,500 people leaving and all this. I, I just don't, I'm not sure where that came from, but... I thought it was pretty good. They gave him a little time, um, and I thought it just, you know, it worked out pretty well. But I think now, you know, again, and this is to me, it's like you have to look at WWE's history here and realize that for some reason they just find it very fascinating to have people lose in their hometowns. Not everyone, but in in big spots sometimes they, they do this. And I think Charlotte, you know, hasn't been the champion that long at this point. Um I just, I don't know. I think this is a tough one to call. I'm probably still going to go with Charlotte here. I think she probably wins, but I actually think they did a pretty good job building this matchup. I'm not saying it was perfect, but I think they did a, a better job than expected building this up. Um, and I'm sure we get some sort of interesting uh, dynamics involved here after Charlotte, you know, ripped off the doll's head and all this other stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they're going to try to pull out here because it is an extreme rules too. So uh, remember last year, there was an eyeball extracted. So. I don't know if anyone's getting an eyeball extracted here in this match, but I do think that they're going to probably come up with some pretty um, interesting stuff that probably non-wrestling related that will be involved in this match. That's just my guess. But um, this this should be a, another one that I think you're you're kind of looking forward to. Maybe I don't know what you're going to get just from an actual you know wrestling match standpoint here, but there is a curiosity factor, and again that 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 amounts for something. That that's that's something. If you have people that are curious, I'm curious. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but uh, I'm curious to see what they do here. But I'll, I'll pick Charlotte just because I I'm going to stick with the theory that 
even if he doesn't want people to to be happy in their hometown or come out victorious. Uh, it's kind of a joke, but we know we've seen that a lot over the years uh, with some of this stuff. Not everyone, but uh, some people have been put in that that spot uh, many times. So uh, the other stuff on the card: Damian Priest going to defend the United States title against Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. I think Damian Priest wins this match. I don't really, um, you know, see a whole lot of other outcomes here. I know they added Jeff to the mix here, but I think that just prevents, you know, your usual rematch, a one-on-one with Sheamus at this point. So I think that made sense that it'll make for an interesting match and, and should be a good match. I think this, um, you know, could be one of the better matches on the card, even though it's not a big card. But um, I've I've been pleased with what I've seen from Damian Priest. I think he's someone I've talked about before. He's got it, whatever, you know, however you want to define what it is. He's, he's got it. And I think it's just um, how they continue to kind of help him build his character here moving forward. So I'll take Damian Priest in this one. Uh, I think that uh, he should come out on top, retain the title. Elsewhere, uh, the Usos taking on the Street Profits, and uh, this is another one for the tag team titles, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I think this is one where, again, you know, you just kind of look at where things are at with the bloodline at this point. I think you probably see the Usos win here. I don't anticipate the Street Profits winning the titles, um, you know, but maybe they could, and maybe that starts to form a little bit of a, you know, a break in things. I'm not sure, but I, I just, I don't really see any reason to pick against the Usos here. And um, who knows? Maybe the Naomi stuff, all that, uh, perhaps she eventually joins the group. I uh, wonder if any of that comes into play. I uh, don't know if that'll be here, but um, that's that's something too that's still hanging out there. So uh, I'm taking the Usos in that one. And then it is Liv Morgan taking on uh, Carmella. Uh, I'll go with Liv Morgan in this one as well. I just think that you know, this is, uh, I'm glad they're at least giving, you know, Liv Morgan a chance here. She's someone that I've talked about for a while. You know, I, I mentioned, I wrote that article. It's been probably, I think it was late last year now, maybe at this point, or early this year, perhaps, um, talking about some of the more underrated people. And what do you know, you know, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan were two of those people, I think of the seven that I listed. Um, and you know, Ruby Riot's now Ruby Soho and certainly excelling in AEW thus far. And I think Liv Morgan's just always someone like she's the crowd is really behind her and and you know she's she's had her opportunities and she's looked pretty good in some of the stuff that, that they put her in and I think it's just give her more opportunities uh, to do that and so I'm I'm fine with Liv Morgan having a a match here um, you know I just I think it's it's good gives you some you know someone that can really I think you know kind of take that next step and just, are they gonna you know eventually put her in a spot where she can be, you know, a top, top star in the women's division. I think she's got that potential, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens this match. I think that'll tell us a lot, maybe about the direction uh, that she heads in. But uh, those are all the matches we have for Extreme Rules right now. Like we said, it wouldn't be surprising at all if there are other stuff added to the mix here, uh, but we can only go with what we go, what we, what we know right now, and that's that. Um, so there's some thoughts on Extreme Rules, which again will take place on Sunday at uh, the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. And, of course, we'll have it all covered over at 41mania.com. Check out uh, our live coverage of Extreme Rules over there on Sunday. Uh, be sure to jump into uh, the comments and uh, have a fun discussion with other wrestling fans. And you can find all of our news, uh, reviews, columns, everything else over on the site. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast that you use. Search for 41 on Wrestling. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll have the link to that in the show notes uh, as well. We do have some YouTube stuff coming up. I know I've been talking about that couple of weeks now, but uh, we've been working on some things uh, sort of behind the scenes to uh, get some things going on uh, YouTube with our video stuff. So you can find some of the videos I've done. I've done several thus far, but uh, there'll be much more on the way here as we move forward. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. A lot of good stuff over there. And uh, as always, we will have the link to the GoFundMe for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes. So be sure to continue to share and contribute to that 
if you can, and uh, everything else, 411mania.com. But uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. Uh, Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.